Lestrade caught a tram for the last leg of his journey and then found the dingy Cedar Hotel in Connaught Street. Here, the glamour and opulence of the ragtime West End fell away, and in the tiny cul-de-sac before the Victorian villas of Maida Vale came into view, he pushed open the door. A jaunty young man lolled at the counter, ignoring Lestrade entirely. Lestrade brought the flat of his hand down sharply on the bell. "'All right, Grandad,' the clerk said. "'Keep your hair on. Rooms are free and six a night without breakfast. If you want a bath, the nearest ones are in Castle Street. Bring your own towel. Oh, and I wouldn't bend over if I was you, even at your age.' "'The gentleman in room thirty-four, Lestrade said. "'Who, Mr. Smith?' Uh, yes, that's right. Is he in? The clerk looked him up and down. Well, now, maybe he is, and maybe he isn't. We don't have no regular visiting times here. Lestrade plucked a newish pound note from his wallet, the one his former colleagues at the yard had never seen open, and flourished it under the young man's nose. He moved it away again sharpish, as itchy fingers snatched for it. Yeah, he's in, the clerk told him. At any rate, his key's still here. Quite a popular bloke, your Mr. Smith. Oh? Lestrade still clutched the pound note. The clerk hesitated. Lestrade tore the paper carefully down the middle, keeping the king's head in his fist. The rest he passed to the helpful young man. Some bloke, the clerk shrugged. Come to see him, ooh, a couple of hours ago. Did he give a name? Nah. As he left? Nah. What did he look like? The clerk coughed and whistled, busying himself with a polish cloth. Lestrade passed over the other half of the torn pound. "'Can't remember,' grinned the clerk. With an agility that surprised Lestrade and astonished the younger man, the ex-superintendent grabbed the clerk's tie and bounced his forehead onto the counter. "'Let's try that again, shall we?' Lestrade said. "'About six-foot, square-looking gent,' the clerk gurgled, his face pressed against the mahogany. Natty dresser, astrakhan collar, fedora. What? It's Titfer. It was a fedora. Lestrade released his man. Thank you so much for your time and trouble, he smiled. A knob of butter on that head will do wonders. And he made for the stairs. So Mr. Smith had had a visitor already. Had he written to the man in the Theodora as well as to Emma Bandicoot Lestrade? And why was the man in his position reputedly dead, hiding in a hotel even the cockroaches appeared to have vacated. Lestrade padded up the indescribably coloured stair carpet, past the peeling wallpaper and the scraped dado of extinct pattern. He paused on the second floor to regain his breath, then found the door. He knocked lightly. No response. He checked the corridor to right and to left. He knocked again. Then he placed his weight gently against the door and twisted the knob. He let the thing creak open to its fullest extent. A chill light seeped into the room under a half-closed blind. He waited until his eyes were fully accustomed to the gloom. He nestled his hand in his pocket, feeling the cold brass of the knuckles. Then he jabbed his left elbow against the door, in case there was someone behind it. Nothing, except excruciating pain to his capitellum. He slipped in and clicked the lock behind him. It was the feet he saw first, a pair of expensive brogues pointing upwards from behind the third-rate sofa through which the horsehair was visible in places. He knelt down beside the body. One arm was outstretched, and inches from the fingers the butt of a revolver. Paul Dacres, late of the Royal Flying Corps, lay with his face towards Lestrade, as though chastising him for his lateness. 
The skin was pale, the eyes half open, and the teeth shone dully through the parted lips. There was a large, nearly round hole in his left temple, and a pillow of dark blood had seeped across the threadbare carpet, soaking into the planks beneath. Lestrade sighed, closed his eyes. It was, as he had feared, business as usual. Thank God he had opened that letter. Thank God he hadn't let Emma stumble into this. He put the bowler on the sofa arm and peered closer at the wound. There were specks of powder across the hair and down the cheek. The bullet had been fired at point-blank range. Lestrade pulled a handkerchief from his other pocket and carefully picked up the pistol. A Webley revolver, Mark V, stamped and dated 1915. He felt the weight in his hand and smelt the short muzzle. Cordite. He rocked back on his haunches until his old trouble caught him and he had to change position.